Down South by Oliver Optic Chapter 15 A War of Words This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Stephen Simmons Washburn had reported to me that while I was dining with the passengers in the cabin, Griffin Leeds had gone into the pilot house and had a short interview with Cornwood. Of course we used the octoroon as a waiter, and even Gopher took a hand at the same occupation, for he liked to hear what the party said about the dinner. Griffin must have taken the time while the waiters were clearing the tables for the last course, or while the gentlemen were amusing themselves with the American custom of making speeches. In either case, it was almost a sin for a waiter to leave his post. Cornwood was sulky when I said I wanted him. Doubtless he had business on shore, as I had for him on board. I paid him five dollars a day and expenses. I thought I had the best right to his services. Mr. Cornwood, I desire to have you map out a practicable trip up the river for a steamer that draws nine feet of water, with her bunkers full of coal, I began, and as I seated myself in my room. The words were hardly out of my mouth when Hop Tosford came in with a message written on an old envelope from Owen. Come to the colonel's house at once, Owen. At once? meant immediately, and I was not a little annoyed by the summons, since it prevented me from carrying out my part of Washburn's little plan. "'I have the cruise all mapped out, Captain Garningham,' replied Cornwood, while I was reading the message from my cousin. He took from his breast pocket a document, which he handed to me with a stiff bow. On opening it, I found it was a carefully prepared outline of the proposed cruise up the river, with detours in various bays and smaller streams. I will examine this at my leisure, for I am called to the house of Colonel Shepard by Mr. Garningham, I continued. Very likely he desires to give me instructions in regard to the upriver trip. If he does, I wish to see you as soon as I return, and I may not be gone more than an hour. Cornwood made no reply, but I saw that he was biting his lip. My request was equivalent to an order to remain on board, and he was not exactly in position to set my wishes at defiance. I went ashore as soon as a boat could be dropped into the water and hastened to the house of the colonel. Owen said he was very glad to see me, and from the excitement of his manner, I judged that something was in the wind. "'Tomorrow will be Saturday,' he said, walking up and down the parlor where I had seated myself. "'The same party we had today, including the Silver Cornet Band, will make a little run up the river and stop for a while at Mrs. Mitchell's place.' if it is practical, with a dinner at four o'clock. It is not practicable. It is not practicable? exclaimed Owen, stopping in front of me. 
you did not hear me out my dear charterer of the sylvania i replied amused at the sudden check upon his enthusiasm it is not practicable to run the steamer up the pier at mrs mitchell's place but we can land the passengers in the boats of course we can go up the river as far as palatka and perhaps farther we don't want to go up to what's that place you mentioned i have heard of it before and it is forty or fifty miles up added owen who had been too busy looking after miss edith to pay any attention to the geography of the state this place is palatka and it is seventy-five miles up it would take all day to go to palatka besides i don't wish to spoil all the fun of the trip we are to take next week there's a chinese town or city where mrs what's-her-name lives about a dozen miles up continued my cousin a chinese town there are no chinamen of any consequence in florida no no a town with a chinese name where the lady that wrote uncle tom's cabins lives interposed owen impatiently mandarin i added after i had consulted a pamphlet guide i had picked up in one of the hotels it is fifteen miles from here that's the place and it is just the right distance exclaimed owens we will go to mandarin by the way you must have a lunch on board about twelve all of this is quite practicable and why can't you take the steamer up to the pier at mrs mitchell's place demanded my passenger because the bottom is too near the top of the water i replied laughing at the puzzled expression on my cousin's face couldn't you have the bottom put further down for this occasion he inquired very seriously certainly if you are willing to pay the bills and to wait long enough for the work to be done i don't object to the bills but we can't wait i see that you have become quite an american traveler you don't dispute any bills and you can't wait i can't wait to have a channel dredged out up to that pier for very likely it would take all day to do it it would take you britishers three months to do it americans would do it in a week i think my uncle your father is a britisher but i'll have no time to quarrel with you about that matter now it will keep we will be landed at the pier in boats since you are not willing to accommodate us in any other manner i will arrange the landing so that it shall be satisfactory i added thinking of a large barge i had seen at the boat wharf then we are all right for to-morrow are we alec asked my fastidious cousin all right whenever you tell me what you want it shall be done but just now you objected to taking your steamer up to that pier i should have qualified the declaration merciful hot and splosh is that man your idol you take my breath away with your stunning long words 
I won't take your breath away, for you will want it all. I will do all you want when I can, I added. How much prettier that sounds than qualified the declaration. I see that I must write out all my speeches and words of not more than four letters so as to bring them down to the dull brain of a Briton. The dull brain of a Briton is good. So your friend Hottensplosh would say, I will introduce him to you sometimes. I don't want to know him. He is too slow for me. Come, come, Alec. We are quarreling when we have business to do, said Owens, shaking his shoulders like a vexed child. You are quarreling. I am not. You pick me up on my language as though you were my schoolmaster, and then complain that I am impeding the business of the conference. Cut it short. Impeding the business of the conference? That jaw of yours will need to be patched up by a dentist, man. Your jaw does all the mischief, and you are at it again with your pedagogical... Cut it short. What a word. A young man of high aims ought not to use such a word, and anybody else ought to be hung for it. Still at it. I wish to say something about the run up the river, continued Owen, who was very fond of criticizing my language and would even neglect important business to do it. Say it, then. Where do we go? Wherever you say. Merciful hot and splosh. Am I to study up the geography of this state so as to tell you where to go? demanded my passenger. I will select a route in consultation. Oh, dear, gasped Owen, throw himself at full length on a sofa with his legs hanging over one end of it as though he were in utter despair. I will talk with K-U-R-N-E-L, Colonel, S-H-E-P-A-R-D, Shepherd, about the R-O-U-T-E route. Good. Shove it off on the colonel, exclaimed Owens. I know what you say now, and I feel much better. Perhaps you would like to know where it is possible for us to go, I continued, taking Cornwood's paper from my pocket as Owen sprang to his feet. Here are some suggestions in regard to where we may go. It was made up by our guide. I handed him the paper, which he opened to the fold of the sheet and turned it over and over. Merciful grand panjandrum! Another friend of yours? I got him out of an American book, and that accounts for it. Am I to read all this? Tempus fugit? Let it fugit. I should have to be buried in the blue sands of Florida if I read all of this, and he turned it over several times more. You would have to be buried in thought for a short time if you read it. Let me see, what did you call what's in this paper? Suggestions, was it? If these are only suggestions, what must the real thing be? No, no, Alec, go where you please, but don't ask me to read that paper. 
only give us some shooting and fishing don't bother me with any more suggestions you sent for me and i came i know you did you are a young lamb alec now go and put it to the colonel and tiffany presently colonel shepherd's party came into the parlor they had just arrived at the house for they had stopped to see some alligators and to buy gulf beans and alligators teeth ornamented for watch charms and other wear miss margie had seen an alligator six feet long and thought it was terrible the baby reptiles she considered very cunning little pets i proceeded at once to talk with colonel shepherd about the up-river trip he looked the paper over but he and mr tiffany were almost as much perplexed over it as owen had been we must go up the st john's to enterprise at least and up the oklawaha to lake griffin said the colonel but the sylvania draws too much water to go far beyond palatka after we get the anthracite coal out of the bunkers we shall carry up eight feet i replied carry up eight feet you have only two to carry and an alligator may bite off one of them shouted owens who it seemed had been listening to me instead of giving attention to miss edith's charms about which she was talking give heeds to my charms mr garningham said miss edith that's just what i have done since i first saw you exclaimed owen i promised to consult the floridian and took my leave End of chapter 15